0: Are you a working professional that is deeply devoted to your Catholic faith? Do you want to be a Catholic leader in the secular world, but you're not sure how to do that? This is the podcast for you.
1: Welcome to Serious Catholic Leadership, the place where you can come for clear answers and straightforward advice on all topics related to working for the Catholic Church no fluff stuff. We are your hosts, Zach Morgan and Tom Timmons, and joining us in studio today is Christopher Pereira and Aaron Monin, co-authors of the book Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. Christopher is the CEO of the Tepiac Institute, and Aaron is a 2019 graduate of the Tepiac Institute and currently serves as the development director for St. Vincent de Paul. So thank you both for joining us today. Your book that you wrote, uh, you start right off the bat with some, with some awesome stuff. The chapter one, is called Don't Leave, Lead. And then we go right into chapter two, two where you talk about what leadership really looks like, authentic leadership. So um, I think that'd be a great place for us to start today. When you guys were sitting down and talking about this, what made you feel? That, that's a very interesting, it's a very pointed topic. Don't leave, lead. What brought you to that being the, def, the title of your first chapter and why you started with that topic?
2: Perhaps this is because Zach and Thomas when we first started or when the first notions or thoughts, ideas for the book uh, started coming into um, being, the, just freshing our minds, uh, recent or mo- most recent uh, sex abuse scandal in Philadelphia had taken place. And as many of you gentlemen, uh, I'm sure painfully remember, Uh, the laity around the the country in the United States were just devastated to to see yet another horrendous uh, series of cases of of sex abuse in the church. And I know at least in the circles where I uh, live, breathe, and work that many people were discouraged and so many Catholics actually just turned their backs on the church, on their faith. Um, so, So we thought... That would be a good starting point to to reach those people who had felt so disheartened by uh, all of the chaos in the church. But then we expanded and we went on and, and talked about the 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 reality that uh, scandal is not new to the church, unfortunately, because it is a church made up of saints and sinners. Right? And while we have always had the guarantee of the infallibility of the teaching of the church. We've never had a guarantee on infallibility on the moral uh, conduct of the hierarchy or or leaders of the church. And then the book goes on to, to explain that there are not only problems in the church, but obviously outside the church. And if all of these things have taken place, it is at least in part, due to the fact that we the lady have neglected neglected to step up and lead and take take on our leadership roles, those leadership roles that God has prepared for us and it have in many instances just left it all up to the clergy and the hierarchy of the church to uh to be the Catholic leaders in society when that was never the, the, the plan, that was never meant to be. The lady are the largest percentage of the body of the church we must all also be leaders within and outside the church
1: well and it's great because you go on um in that second chapter you know you you define leadership for others and it says here i'm quoting from your book we subscribe to the virtuous leader in leadership institute's definition of leader someone who accomplishes great things by bringing out the greatness in others and you know we talk often that we can't give what we don't have so even though, you know, we're talking about civil society, when we receive Christ, when we participate in the sacramental life of the church, it enables us not only to bring the greatness out in other people, but to do so in, in almost more of a um, uh, sacramental way. So would, would you speak to that, how you see leadership being played out in the civil world by Catholic leaders, especially in, in their ability to bring out greatness in others?
2: Absolutely. We, we are convinced, Erin and I, and I'm going to let Erin uh, chime in in a second, that we have been getting it wrong for a long time. The, lay, the lady has been getting it wrong when it comes to Catholic leadership. Because many times, many instances, and I'm sure you gentlemen are, are aware of this, when a lay Catholic person has an experience of encounter or re-encounter with Christ, Maybe it was a retreat. Maybe it was some other experience. They're so fired up for the faith. What do they do? They want to find their place in the church. And they immediately go back to the parish and sign up for every ministry that they possibly can. Or maybe at the diocesan level. And sometimes we set up a tent and camp at the parish. I always give this example. But is that truly our vocation as lady To spend all our day, all our time, at the the parish? We think not. We think that we absolutely must be involved with our parish community, diocesan community as well. We must be supportive to our pastors and be ready to serve there. But our true field of mission as lay people, people should be the world. And if God has blessed us with a professional career, then that's because that should be where we should, we are becoming ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of the gospel.
3: Yeah, Christopher put it so well, and honestly, the only things that I would add to that are the Catholic laity have a major opportunity in front of them to reach the corners of the world that our bishops, priests, nuns, sisters, any religious cannot reach. Such a powerful impact and opportunity specifically called us into this. So that's what I'm so excited that about for writing this book is that we finally have something that's compact and practical to share with the laity that, yes, you can take your faith into civil and secular society and make a large impact, using your faith as the basis and influencing and encouraging our communities around us to make better moral ethical decisions so that our world can be uh, closer to the way that God intended it for to be. So we're very excited about this and and that message is so important and I I think what Christopher said is absolutely true. It's just a missed message. A lot of people are like, oh, I wanna go back and serve my local parish and my church where I feel this, this need to, to be at all the time, which is great. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we are called to go out. There's such a need outside of the church and we're called to, to go out and, and then to invite back in. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I would, I would add to that is, is just that, that notion of we as the laity have such a powerful, message to share in the corners of the world where others cannot reach. So uh, we have set before us a great mission and Christopher and I just wanted to be instruments in getting that mission and that message to as many people as possible.
1: And as you go through the book, I, I love that you guys include, you know, section uh, prayer and, and um, you bring in citations from other stuff. But I think down in, in chapter five, I think what you just said is is encapsulated well. Um, Let there be no false opposition between professional and social activities on the part and religious life of the other. You know, the Christian who neglects his temporal duties neglects his duties towards his neighbor and even God. Um, And you go on after that to give that prayer the the reflection of when we receive the Eucharist at Mass, which is the most encounter we have with the Lord. Um, allow it to sort of be the, the beacon that we carry forth into the field. Most people do not work for a religious institution or for the, or for the church, but we still try to live our Catholic faith out in that. Um, so when, when you get into kind of fundamentals for civic leadership, um, you go right into chapter six and you talk about character. And I think that's a really great place to pick up now the character of the of the individual what what does authentic catholic character look like in the civil workplace
2: so we have identified these three fundamentals for civic leadership right and uh, from our research from our work we believe that a in order for a lay catholic person to go out into civil society and lead this person must master these three fundamentals a uh, proper understanding of human dignity And we know everything the church has said about that, and there are plenty of resources for a Catholic to educate him or herself on it. Catholic social doctrine. It should be, it should be a Catholic leader in civil society's manual or 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 guidebook as to how to lead in civil society because the church, as you know, is a master teacher in humanity. There I can't think of an area of human activity or secular life that the Catholic Church, the Magisterium, the Popes, have not written about, have not said something about, and something very valuable to lead the lady right? And the Church will offer always offer us principles so that the lady can enact the policies that are needed in their respective communities. And Catholic social doctrine is so rich in, in, in this information that we need for every area of secular life. But then that third, uh, fundamental of civic leadership, we have identified as character, because we can have the formation, we can have the understanding of church teaching, but if we have not entered into a commitment for a lifetime growth in virtue, in order to shape and form our character, and it's a lifetime, lifetime journey, but we have we must have entered a commitment in, into a commitment to grow in virtue. And shape a character we will not be able to and that's really what should be the differentiator between a Catholic leader and most other leaders outside the faith world non-believers that we are guided by this idea that we are children of God and we must be holy we must be Saints we were made for heaven because of that we must every day try to be a better version of ourselves and that gets done by intentionally seeking to grow in virtue and there are ways to do that this is not new to the church in 2000 years the church has shown us how we can grow in in virtue so if a person grows in in um each of the four cardinal virtues that's that, that's a, a very good start right then that person becomes a person of integrity if that person then wants to go on and be a leader, a Catholic leader in civil society, uh, there are two other virtues that we have uh, learned that are the virtues that are proper to the lady, and those are humility and magnanimity. And and this is this is very close to uh, the work of somebody we admire very much, Alexander Havard, uh, the writer of virtuous leadership. i not. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but um, he has done the research to see exactly what are the virtues that a leader uh, displays. And he has gone back in history and looked at all of those true leaders that we admire and magnanimity and humility, humility are really those virtues that every Catholic leader in civil society must be able to grow in, in order to lead others to greatness.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Christopher. And I, you know, as you go through the book, um, one section that I, that I love is, uh, as you get towards the end, when you talk about the examples, you know, concrete examples of individuals, people who live out this authentic, uh, Catholic leadership in various areas. Um, and I think it really helps, uh, the reader to see, okay, this isn't just, um, a, a theological ideology that we're reading through, but there are actual, clear, concrete examples. Um, it, you know, And I think the very first, you mentioned a lot of the dedication to St. Juan Diego, who really was the, the very first lay Catholic leader, uh, it, it, you know, in history promoting the, you know, Our Lady and, and bringing thousands, hundreds of thousands in um, through, through Our Lady. Um, but Aaron, maybe if you just want to highlight some of those uh, examples uh, that we find and read in the book uh, and, and how they really uh, brought in uh, a, a Catholic uh, leadership perspective into just everyday life into their, into their workplace.
3: I would love to speak on that. Thanks for asking, Thomas. So we thought long and hard about who would be great examples of the exact kind of person that we are talking about throughout this book. And we came up with um, a few names that you can find in our book. And I want to touch on two that really particularly stood out to me in doing some of the research for um, our book. So Tim Bush is someone that uh, not a, may, a lot of people may not know about him. I certainly didn't actually before I um, became part of Tepiac Leadership Initiative and then wrote this book with Christopher. But Tim Bush is a businessman, philanthropist, activist. He's like he owns a bunch of businesses and he's involved in. The other a lot of others and and organizations and sits on boards and things like that. So when I was um, just learning more about him, something that stood out to me about his uh, Catholic leadership in civil society is that he's a big proponent of a just wage, especially as a business owner, this is something that he and a lot of other people in our world are thinking about um, because that's part of running a business. You have to pay your employees so, he is um an advocate for a just wage and you know as catholics a lot of the times we tend to step back or want to be humble and say you know i i don't need a lot or 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 i don't want to take too much from someone else and and you know that's there's a lot of good foundation to that but not necessarily in in our work so if as catholics we're also called to um to procreate if, if the Lord uh, gives us the ability to have family to get married and have families and how can you support your family if you aren't even making enough to live on so he's a big proponent of this and speaks on it often and I love that about him because a lot of people think you know as Catholics we're trying to like be humble and and not Make a lot of money or not be wealthy, and if we are, we have to give it all away and 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 there's a like I said, there's a lot of good sentiments and a good foundation to that thinking, but we also are worth our wage. We're worth the hours we put in and our work is worth something. So Tim Bush is changing that narrative, so to speak, in the business world and and doing so from a Catholic standpoint, which I love. So that's one example. And then another quick example that I'll give is Jim Caviezel. Um, Many people know him as the actor who portrayed Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. And, you know, he's in Hollywood. He's an actor in Hollywood, so maybe it's not someone that we can relate to so personally, um, but he we can relate to the way that he talks about the faith in the, the public square in secular society. He's been interviewed countless times for his role in The Passion of the Christ, as well as his role in a newer movie called Infidel, and in these interviews, he's very bold. He does not shy away from the truth, and he's on a stage and in a spotlight that Is quite honestly very secular and going to be shared with secular audiences. So you know, it's he's very bold. He does not stop um, talking about his faith, and it's something that he's very outspoken about. But it's something that we can learn from him, no matter what area of of work that we're in or whatever field of work we're in, you know, we're not all actors in Hollywood. Most people aren't, but it, his boldness and his, um, his ability to not shy away from speaking the truth when an opportunity is given to him is something that we can all learn from. So those are a couple of examples of people from our book that I really wanted to touch on. So thank you for the opportunity.
1: And Aaron, I'll ask you another question. Um, when we find these people who are who are such bold examples of their Catholic faith in their um, in their secular role, one way, you know I said earlier, most people don't work for the church or work for a nonprofit, but a lot of people have an opportunity to participate in a way that, that often I think oftentimes I don't think that they think of. And you address this very particularly in your book, and very practically I'll say, that board membership, Board leadership, you know, um, when so I would like to ask you, especially in your current role of development director, you know, when when you think of a diverse board, you don't just because it's for a church, you don't necessarily think of a bunch of theologians sitting around a table. So why don't you speak for a moment, if you would, about the importance of these businessmen and businesswomen who live out their Catholic faith in the civil civic world and are successful and what they bring to the table when they sit on those boards for private institutions and churches.
3: Great question. And I will just make one correction. I'm actually a development officer for St. Paul. i I'm not a development director, <laughs> um, but I will speak a little bit into that, even though I'm not managing or directing anyone, um, because we do have a board at St. Paul, and it's um, I, I can see the effects of the decisions that the board makes very immediately within our organization and It's it's obvious sometimes, you know, how how decisions have been made and who has been making them and It it just goes to show you that who is on a board is very important So I will let Christopher speak more to this because this is something that he is so passionate about and I want him to have an opportunity to share more on board service, but um, I will just briefly share You know, board service is a very important and very um, impactful way for us as Catholics to be leaders in civil society. It's a great opportunity before us because there are boards for everything. And most of the time, many a time, they are for secular organizations. Um, So I, I would venture to say that if you're not on a board and you're a faithful practicing Catholic leader... I would encourage you to be on one, because it's something that we don't often think about, but that's where decisions are made. And those decisions affect many, 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 many people. So we need Catholic voices at the tables where decisions are being made, and that's something that we talk a lot about in this book because we believe it's a great, practical way for us as Catholic leaders to have our voice heard in civil society and impact it in a way that is moral and ethical and in, more in line or in line with the church's teachings. And it's, I'll, like I said, I'll let Christopher speak more to this, but we, it's just such a great way. So if you're looking for an opportunity, you're like, huh, not really sure how to be a Catholic leader in civil society right now. Look for opportunities to serve on a board for an organization, um, or some, something that you're super passionate about and and just, just try to, um, find a way to get, get on a board and sit at a table where decisions are being made. So, um, thank you for asking that question, but yeah, I'd love for Christopher to speak more to it.
2: Thank you, Erin. So, Gentlemen, when you think about all of the things that are happening and have taken place in society over the past decade or, or past few decades, right? All of those issues that really, truly concerned us, Christians, Catholics, think about how, what has taken place in public education in California and then spread throughout the rest of the country and part of the, and the world, really right? All of these ideologies that are being taught in schools. When we think about all of those, the wrong bioethical decisions being made in science and medicine. When we think about all the uh, attacks on religious liberty and freedom of expression in the courtrooms, our own government is attacking uh, uh, faith-based groups because of their sincerely held beliefs. You think about all of those Changes that have taken place in the culture. And faithful Catholics, they're frustrated. They're very frustrated. And they're worried and they, they just don't know where to look and where to find the answer or, 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 or light at the end of the tunnel. And I just the, I think the book wants to invite people to realize that each one of those changes that came about started with a group of people sitting around a table. And that's why in the book, when we talk about uh, board service, which is a very important chapter, and we're even thinking maybe about a follow-up book that will just completely focus on board service because it's that important. We say that we're going to broaden the concept of board service. When we talk about board service, yes, we are talking about actual boards. Governance, uh, advisory, fundraising, for-profit, non-profit, faith-based, non-faith-based, it doesn't matter we ultimately, we need more faithful and committed Catholic voices at every table where decisions are made. And we don't stop at the boards, at actual boards. We're also talking about parent-teacher associations, homeowners associations, Rotary and Lions Clubs. Any, any group where a lay Catholic can be active in civil society and be a, a, an influence for good, we must consider as part of our, our mission as lay catholic
0: that's that's absolutely true i mean when i think about um you think about uh, sometimes the country as a whole and your impact on things such as the presidential election i i mean really each individual has a duty uh to vote but the overall impact is almost nothing but where they can really have their impact is a lot of times on these smaller uh, organizations, like you said, the homeowners associations, uh, local government. I mean, that's where individuals can really start to make some uh, powerful, you know impactful change for the better. Um, and as you, you wrap up your book in the in the last chapter, uh, chapter 15, I think it's the perfect way to tie it all in and and close out the book you talk about um, your identity and purpose. And if I could just read the opening line of that paragraph, uh, Catholic leadership for civil society should ultimately be about holiness. It is about sanctifying ourselves by sanctifying the world around us. And I think that really just encapsulates the, the whole book so well, um, that, you know, it's, it's first and foremost, it's a, a challenge for each individual. And it's not about, oh, what is what's wrong with the world or what's wrong with the church? Uh, You know, you can complain all day about everything that's wrong. But if anybody wants to make a change in the world, they have to look at themselves first and realize, okay well, what can I do to impact the world? And that's I mean, that's all of our vocations as uh, Christians. You know, this is what this is what Christ challenges all of us to. so. Uh, Christopher, if you just want to, you know, kind of wrap us up here. And then if you also want to just uh, explain a little bit about more about uh, the the Tepeyac Leadership Institute uh, for our listeners who might be interested in in learning more.
2: Absolutely. Thank you very much for that question, because really, uh, that's what's at the heart of everything that we're doing here. And the book is really an extension of the work that we've been doing for the past now six years with Tepeyac Leadership Initiative. Now, the book is a, it's a, a, a um, element of value in itself, independent from, from the program. Somebody can read the book and benefit from it, even if they never go through the program, but they're closely related. And what we have identified through the work that we have been doing for now about six years and the message of the program and the message of the book um, is really to get to the heart of who we are and why God made us. Now, All of us Christians out in the world, there's a lot of confusion about who who we are. Humanity doesn't even understand itself anymore. But in the church, the baptized should have very clear the idea of who they are because we share a common identity. We're all children of God. And then that takes a different form or shape because we're individuals. We have that identity. From that identity flows our purpose in life. If we're children of God, They were made for heaven Were made for holiness. So we're children of God and we're made to be saints. And that should come into a very concrete shape or form in whatever state in life we are in. If I am a lawyer, if I am a nurse, if I am a business person or an accountant or a a bus driver, whatever my vocation uh, career path is, that's where I must find my path to holiness while sanctifying the world around me as well and now we invite the readers of our book and participants of the program to think and discern strategic strategic ways to influence the world for christ because god has blessed us with a professional life a professional career and has placed us in a very concrete place time and space uh, in this society contemporary society is for a reason god Placed us there for a reason so that we can have a specific influence and that we can reflect his glory through our lives. So that's that's what we do through the book. That's what we invite people to consider through the book. That's the work that we do very concretely through the Tepeyac Leadership Initiative. It's a five-month program. People participate. Uh, most of the sessions are virtual and they're virtual, but they're live. Nothing's pre-recorded. And then Participants come together in a in an in-person retreat, which is the highlight of the program. And most of the people that have graduated from Tepeyac Leadership Initiative describe the experience as a catalyst. And this is all by the grace of God. He's the one that has done it. But our graduates, this is how they de- describe the, the program. They say that I can look at my career now and see before and after going through TLI and they really report to us that the program has allowed them to take their career to the next level. And that has meant different things for different of our graduates. For some, it might have uh, involved a promotion at work. We have a teacher, for example, who never contemplated leadership before, but then became the headmaster of his liberal arts preparatory school after going through the program. As a direct result from going through the program, this is what he reports to us. Other people have pivoted their career into an entire different direction. A concrete outcome of the program is that each graduate presents a leadership commitment, something that they're going to set out to do as a result of going through the five-month experience.
1: Lovely. Well, we'd like to thank both of you for coming. Again, the book is Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. Uh, Christopher and Aaron, we really appreciate you being here. Please check out Institute Leadership Institute. um, And, of course, continue supporting the good works of St. Vincent de Paul. Um, I will leave us um, sort of with, a, with a, another part of your book. I think if we took this quote from uh, Saint Jose Ma- Escriva, Jose Maria Escriva, um, to heart and sort of made it our personal prayer, it sums up really nicely um, everything that you go through in this book. So we'll, we'll end with this. And again, thank you guys so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much. Sir. And
1: Saint Escriva says, Don't let your life be barren, be useful. Make yourself felt shine forth with the torch of your faith and your love with your apostolic life wipe out the tri- the trail of filth and slime left by the corrupt sowers of hatred and set aflame all the ways of the earth with the fire of christ that you bear in your heart amen and thank you guys again
0: amen amen uh real quick christopher did you have uh, one other announcement before we close just, just...
2: If you're in Phoenix, anybody watching or listening, please join us for the book, Blessing of the Book and Kickoff, Kickoff Event at St. Vincent de Paul on May 5th. This is the headquarters of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul in Phoenix, Arizona, May 5th. The book, Blessing of the Book and Kickoff Event.
0: If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons and share with others. Please support us on Patreon. You're listening to Serious Catholic Leadership at Sirius.fm.